Right. We're back again. Um, these <laughs> these conversations continue. Um, and they're working. That's why we need to do this today. We need to do this today because the conversations are working. And they're working much better than I'm working. Because I needed to have a double-double coffee in order to function at all this afternoon. Um, and I had a very strong and crazy drink. Yeah, that doesn't <laughs> work for me because that's not strong enough. <laughs> not strong enough, okay. <laughs> not strong enough. What did you put in it? You put in it um, um, ginger, ginger, ci cinnamon, 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 cinnamon right. and uh, boiled millet. Boiled millet, right? Um, I prefer coffee. There you go. <laughs> um, although it's probably not quite as good um, for me. Anyway, although there's a lot of uh, a lot of great articles on the internet about. Um, about how fantastic coffee is for you, if you have the the, the real coffee, not the freeze dried, processed. You don't know where it came from. Might not even be coffee stuff that you get out of a jar that's had some aroma added to it. It's horrible. Instant, instant coffee is is not good, as with most instant things. Right. Um. Mm, doesn't matter that. Uh the coffee is roasted? Probably matters. It probably destroys a very important part of the nutrient content because you couldn't you can't make something in the modern world without destroying the nicest, most important part of it. So um so there there you go. You're you're probably right. Um it's all psychological, isn't it? Because you um you kind of decide what the result is going to be before you even have the experience and as a result I'd already mentally decided that I needed coffee before I could continue doing anything so therefore I had to have coffee and then when I had the coffee it was great because I'd already mentally decided that having the coffee was going to be great so I'd already made that decision in my mind um, it's what it's, it's, correctly said yes <laughs> I agree it, <laughs> it's why is it good? It's good because I want it to be good. I mean, that's 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 sort of uh, that's sort of how it works. Um, so, and I know that from the uh, the tests that I've done before with various things that I'm I'm aware that I've decided something is going to be good before I even buy something, and then when I buy it, it is what I think it is, even if it's not, and that's just ridiculous um, and I know this test because I did the test with beer like I told you about it before that I did this test with beer where I um, got three different bottles of beer that I knew were different and then I mixed them up to, to see which one was which mm -hmm. and I couldn't tell yet when I had the bottle and I drank from that bottle, I was like, oh yeah, this is this beer, I know this beer, I know the taste of this beer. But when I didn't know which beer came from which bottle, I couldn't tell which beer came from which bottle. And then I did another test where some of the beer was from cans and some of the beer was from bottles. And I'd always said that beer from bottles was better and healthier than beer from cans. <laughs> 
but then I couldn't tell which beer was from a can and which beer was from a bottle. And so what I thought was, what I was convinced was my opinion, my fact, what I was convinced was a fact was actually just an opinion, not really based in any way on, on reality. Oh, your opinion creates reality. Oh, yeah, 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 absolutely. It's it's good because I say it's good. And, oh, God, okay. So there's, there's a complete lack of any kind of um, rational thinking there at all. And I was... I was pretty sure that I was right before I did that experiment. And since I did that experiment, it's really easy to do. Get, get anyone you know who likes beer and buy three different beers and then mix them up so they don't know which is which and get them to tell you which beer is which beer. Very good experience. I will try it and with my, <laughs> with my next guests. Yeah, yeah. And... Um, you know, you try try it with anything. Try it with um, you can do it with orange juice, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. If people don't like beer, you can try it with orange juice and see if you can see if people can guess which orange juice is the healthy and which one is the unhealthy. Um, or I've seen it done with uh, with baked beans, mm -hmm. where somebody buys one big tin of of baked beans, one big can of baked beans, and then they then put the can into three different containers. Mm -hmm. The same baked beans, and then they ask people to decide which one is better. Mm -hmm. But, the, but the three are exactly the same, and people will tell you that there's a difference mm -hmm. between mm -hmm. them, even though they're exactly the same. And it, it, it even if you, um, it's even better if you get three different baked bean containers from three different companies, and you put the same baked beans in each container then people will tell you, oh, yeah, this is from this company, mm -hmm. which is the most expensive, because they've already mentally decided from the label that's on the can and the average price and their history of knowledge of it if that thing is going to be good mm -hmm. or not. And uh, that's that's crazy. You know, you, you know the placebo effect as well, right, which is... You give people pills that have no effect, and they take them, and they feel great after they take the pill. So, um, what's that about? It's all, it's what I call the mind trigger. The mind trigger is the switch that tells you what to do or what to experience. Mm-hmm. And that switch is switched before you have the experience. It's like the uh, the cold water scenario, getting in the water. You switch your mind to a certain state to prepare yourself for a certain experience, and then things are okay. But that switch happens before you do the activity. That's why you can do that, because you've switched the switch. And I can't do that because I haven't switched the switch. And that's because I've decided that that I'm not going to switch the switch. I could make the decision to switch the switch. I'm not going to at the moment. But I could make that decision to switch that switch and change that reality. It's not, it's not an easy process. 
but it's an easy thing to do. The process that leads you to the point of switching the switch is difficult, but the actual switching the switch is quite simple. So and the process is your history and your experience. That's why some decisions for some people are very easy. And in the same situation, these decisions for other people are very hard. And that's how the mind works, basically. Maybe a system of these switches works for you. <laughs> so it's it's your truth, and everyone has own truth. Ah, uh, okay, yeah, we can we can go with that. I mean, the the switch explains things to me. That's how I explain mm -hmm. things to myself. Mm -hmm. I've got to give myself a sort of physical picture of the mental reality in some way in order so, so that I can work with it. And that this concept of a switch in the brain is 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 pretty simple uh, f for me. And very useful because uh, the words are not enough good for explanation a real reality. So we need some concepts, we need some symbols uh, in order to understand but this is only subjective understanding I, I think but it's very important uh, because everyone has everyone is unique unique being and everyone has own understanding of reality so everyone needs their their own system of, of explanation of understanding um, but maybe there are some universal symbols and universal concepts uh, that are valid for everyone what do you think try to try to find some some globally valid system or or descrip description of reality valid for everyone or, or valid for the most people of our civilization what you're talking about is basically universal concepts yeah. and this is what the original scientific method the scientific method has been hijacked by financial interests who just who just decide what results they want before they do the experiments and then find the experiments that fit into their results it's a totally criminal activity but uh, the original scientific method is search for universal concepts like how do we explain gravity how do we explain time how do we explain motion uh, how do we explain anything that's happening in in the world around about us and this was an attempt to discover I wouldn't say it, it discovered a hundred percent reality but it got to 99% and 99% is close enough hmm. you know I, I don't think that we ever we are we are able explain my opinion only one person of reality yeah all right. <laughs> All right. There's the there's the false concept of science, which is the which is the 
reorganization and re-explanation of everything every 20 or 30 years. Oh, we said it's like this, but now it's not like this anymore. We've changed it to be something else. It, what you learned? Well, it's not like that, really. So, uh, sorry. Um, yes, well, it's always it was a good theory at the time, but uh, time moved on, and it just it goes around in circles, doesn't it? It's just it just becomes. Look, look at look at history of science. Uh, every every few years comes new theory that completely uh, refuse refuses the older theory. So, and this process continues. This process has been continuing thousands of years. Yeah, the problem is the blind belief in science as as the only way, because the basis of it is great. It requires measurement. The basis of science is the ability to measure things. Um, where it falls apart is measurement requires sense data. And where it falls apart is that sense data collection is limited. That's why when somebody has an alternative theory, we describe it as nonsense, nonsense, because it is a theory that doesn't fit into the theories of sense. At the same time, science has shown us that there's a spectrum beyond that which we sense. Which is, which has opened the door to exploration of other ideas and elements. But that's what I would call a dangerous area of science because who knows what we will discover and what kind of importance that it, it will have. And whether something is a new discovery or just a rediscovery of something that we've lost before in human history. It's quite clear that um, if we look at the world, we've lost a lot of ancient civilizations that had high technologies. Now, you don't need to be a theorist to, to know this. You, you just have to look at the data and the satellite images of the ocean floors with the cities off the coast of Japan or... Uh, in Bermuda um, to realize that uh, we don't quite know the history. We're still trying to put the pieces of the puzzle together. And that's what life is. Life is, life is a giant puzzle. We have certain pieces. We have to put them together. None of us have all of the pieces. That's why we have to share data and information. And maybe if we share some of the pieces, we can begin to construct this this history. And then there's mainstream science, which um, essentially tries to keep things the way that they are, because that's the balance that we have in the world. And uh, pros and cons and positives and negatives of, of both sides. But I uh, uh, don't know where that point of conversation is going but uh, um, what do we start talking about <laughs> I don't know, I don't know. today or at well, the beginning of okay today we didn't want to, today we didn't want to have a um, 
discussion because um, you're feeling today a bit like I was feeling last week. Like last week I was like, I really don't feel like doing something. But when I don't feel like doing it, that's when it becomes more important to actually do it. So, um, so when you when you don't want to do something is when you need even more to do that one thing, especially when you don't feel like doing something. When you don't, uh, whether you want to do it or you don't want to do it, which is the basis of your feeling, it's absolutely not important. You just have to do that thing anyway. As I was saying, if the girl in the coffee shop wants to make coffee or not make coffee, that's really not important because what she has to do is make coffee for the people who go into the into the shop. If the bus driver wants to drive the bus or doesn't want to drive the bus, it's really not important. They need to get on the bus and drive the bus. Um, if the school teacher wants to teach or doesn't want to teach, that's really not as important as getting out and doing the job. So um, whatever we do in a constructive way, we need to sometimes, not always, sometimes put our feelings to one side and explore because if we know how we feel and we know what we're doing, then we pretty much know what the result is going to be. We're going to get different results when we're less certain about things. Um, and I think that's a good way to approach the world with this less than certain attitude about what is good and what is right. because. Because if we leave everything to logic, we end up with the political situation that we have in this country. Which is what happened over the last weekend. Which is that um, the majority of people in this country, a modern, free, open, democratic state... Oh, 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 oh. <laughs> yeah, okay, okay. So that that's just, those are just sound bites. Okay, those uh, are... are, are speaking about like yeah or some uh, some utopia well this is paradise the paradise didn't, yeah didn't anybody tell you okay we we live in paradise Slovakia is paradise mm, this Slovakia is, what... is switzerland new switzerland new swiss <laughs> yeah, uh well that's another kind of paradise i suppose it's a higher level of paradise Yes. So you either live in a lower level of paradise or a higher level of paradise, but it's still paradise, so you should still be happy, right? Uh, yeah, the majority of this country voted new communist or uh, national socialist. So, or liars. Oh, well, they're all liars. I've never met a politician who who is not liar. <laughs> who is not prepared to play with the truth for oh. a personal advantage. Um, and then they, they they justify it as a noble lie. It's called the noble lie, this principle that a lie can benefit the world and can benefit society. And... <laughs> Oh, really? <laughs> it, it exists as a principle. You can check it. The, the noble lie. <laughs> okay. <laughs> the noble lie is this this principle that well, society knows it as white lies. White lies 
lies that don't hurt anybody. But of course they do. <laughs> you just don't want to see 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 the negative effects. So, um, and of course when you challenge these people about lies, they say no, I don't. And then of course that's another lie. And so you just end up falling into a giant hole that you dig for yourself if you go down the path of lies. Because then you need to. The only way to protect a lie is to tell a lie. And so lies create more lies and you just end up with this domino effect of, of absolute nonsense, which, uh, which happens. And then no one's prepared to admit that the country's going down a bad road because cause your, your question initially was, you don't understand why people vote, right? Yes, yes. Let me tell you why people vote. People don't vote for political parties. That's a myth. They don't vote for parties. Every vote that you cast is a vote for yourself. They're not voting for political parties. They're voting for themselves. Hmm, I don't understand. Okay, why would, you, why would you vote for someone that you don't know that you've never met? that you've maybe only read about in newspapers or, or seen on TV. I don't understand it. And that's why I... Well, that's why you can't be... Don't vote. Well, of course, that, that's... Um, I, I agree with that philosophy of not voting. Although it's a statistical trap, because when you don't vote, your vote is automatically divided amongst the resultant votes. Maybe, but I... I cannot vote because all political parties, for example, this weekend were bad parties. I am not willing to vote bad darkness. And this is one, one point of view. The second point of view, if you are voting you are giving your strength, your power to hands of other beings. This is, or according my opinion, this is something absolutely useful and uh, useless for for you, for for you as a, as being. Uh, the only the only thing you can change is yourself. You cannot change outer things uh, without changing yourself, without changing your your opinion, your your inner world. This is only this is only way how to change your your outer world through your inner change. And when you are persuaded that you can change uh, something through vote, through elections. This is absolutely crazy idea. Well, what this you is, sorry, yeah. what you said was basically the same as what I said. Yeah. Which is, these are votes for yourself. You see, it's not a vote for somebody else. It's a vote for the self. And what you're looking at is a corrupted self. 
it's not the external parties that are corrupt. It's the internal self that's corrupt. And these votes are a continuation, a vote for a continuation of the corruption that exists. They're a vote for things to continue, a, a perpetuum of the state. And and they're also, it's perfect psychology because who did you vote for? You voted for the winners. Because who would vote for the losers? Nobody wants to vote for a loser. So, so people just migrate and gravitate to whoever the biggest party is. Even if they don't care about politics because of all the advantages they're going to get. Look, if, if the present largest political party in the country fell apart and a new party was established and this party was big, everybody would just migrate to the new party. It wouldn't matter who the leader was. It wouldn't matter um, what, the, what the political philosophy was. People just want to be winners. And so they want to be part of that, that winning philosophy. So it's, uh, it's also a way of stealing power from from individuals by telling them they have a choice when when really they don't and um, so what we have is the result we have a mix of new communism mixed with national socialism which will end up in a complete mess because that's the way it's designed to end up and people will get tired of the system and they will become disenfranchised, they, they won't vote anymore, things will become corrupt, fall apart, and then in will come the international corporations and say that we're going to decide everything for you because you can't decide things for yourself because it's such a mess. And they'll come in and they will step by step begin to organize everybody's lives. It's slowly beginning at the moment, but it'll get worse and they'll decide uh, where you go to school and what you're going to study and which job you're going to have and how much you should be paid for the job and what your hobbies are going to be and what your your personal interests are going to be and and who you can marry and uh, how far you can climb the social ladder and if you can write a book or not and, and they will ostracize you from society if you don't follow the, the norms that are there. Um, you know, even the word even the word normal will become negative as they will make words words negative as well so that people's understandings of the, the full spectrum will be reduced. It's, um, it, it's a corporate takeover that we already see under the European Union with them having scholarships and grants and, and they can't make laws so they give directives and produce some kind of legislation which just means that everyone's still working for some kind of older aristocratic system all these things are only parts of a well-designed system that uses for distract distraction your your focus from really important things to 
absolutely useless things to you for you and well, it's it's the madness of the design um but most european countries still have royal families you never read about it most of them still have royal families it's still a royal system and what are governments who do governments work for governments were first instigated by royal dynasties in history so the governments were put in place to manage and organize the country by the royal dynasties and that hasn't changed nobody's changed that system for for hundreds of years and people forget that 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 system is in place and then we deal with these these progressions in society which have huge elements of false reality about them let me give you an example um, I was watching a documentary about technology last week and there was a study about the um, you know the, you know the Xbox the games machine for people's homes right well the Xbox sells for plus minus around 300 euro you know how much money it costs to make an Xbox about 500 mm -hmm. so they make it for 500 sell it for 300. welcome to the fantasy world that we live within somebody wants everybody's home to have an xbox now that's not some kind of conspiratorial scenario that's a fact bottles of wine made in france exported average price for the full production export of the bottle of wine around 15 euros available in Tesco for a big supermarket for around five that's not a conspiratorial concept that's an economic fact right um, my car bought this Citroen C4 Grand um, a relatively average slightly larger French car <laughs> question mark engineering mm. um, um, you know I bought it secondhand for 9,000 euro and I went through a rough calculation of the cost of the parts well that's way more than 9,000 right, if you buy it new I think new it's somewhere around 16 right I, I, I could be wrong I haven't checked it just say that you you work out an average calculation of the cost of the parts it's way more than that somebody wants everyone to have an Xbox somebody wants everyone to have cheap bottles of French wine somebody wants everyone to have transportation the economics doesn't add up None of it adds up. All these people graduating, hundreds of thousands of people graduating with economics degrees, studying macroeconomics, microeconomics. Nobody's pointed out to them that the numbers don't add up. Basic banking figures don't add up. They don't. Okay, let, let, let me explain to you a theory of mathematics, right? Is this... Um, there's this mathematical concept which is taught in higher level universities which is uh, the 
addition of infinite numbers. Now, I'm not very good with mathematics and numbers, but I know when things don't add up. I know when 2 and 2 doesn't make 4. I know that. Now, the addition of infinite numbers is what do you get if you add 1 plus 2 plus 3 plus 4 plus 5 plus 6 for infinity? Point number one. You can't add infinite numbers because they're infinite. You can't do it. Point number two. The answer is, I believe it's, it's a negative one twelfth. If you add up an infinite number of positive number of numbers, you end up with a negative. And I'm sorry, but this is mad. And all of these people who are doing this, who believe that this in some way is reality, either base reality is wrong, or my reality is wrong, or their reality is wrong, or all of them are wrong, or part of them are wrong. God only knows, but there's such a mess that nobody knows. And the people are arguing at opposites about it. So, so the numbers don't add up. The point I want to make is somebody wants people to have stuff. And the system is designed to work with this and to work like this and to be so confusing to create such a complex rabbit trail that nobody knows quite how it all fits together and criminality hides in complexity good thing is that you understood this this madness of, of system because this is this is the first step how to free from this system you must you must see that this system is not real this system is all designed as a big trap for everyone who lives in this system and we we came here to this level of reality to experience this madness and to free your uh, free ourselves from this madness but the only ch the only way is through inner inner work through concentration on our inner wisdom on our inner knowledge because all outer information are based on this Madness. But madness is inescapable. Madness is inescapable uh, from point of view, from outer point of view. Madness is just inescapable. It's. Let's build a nuclear power station at the bottom <laughs> of a volcano next to a fault line where we could have tsunamis. Oh yeah, oh genius. And all of the experts decide, ooh, this is okay. 
let's have nuclear reactors when we don't even have a place to store the waste. So we have to export it halfway around the world to another country where it poisons and pollutes their environment. And we need their government to be so corrupt that they will accept our waste in their country and call it a solution. It's insane. Yes, there are many, many very similar insanes all around the world. All yeah, around. You, you, you could just go from madness to madness. Um, turn on any children's television channel. It's just insanity on top of insanity that distracts from all reality. And yet, they exist. Somebody's paying for them, someone's organizing them. If we put as much energy into studying ourselves as we did into making pop music videos, or or sports broadcasts. Yeah, yeah, I was just a sport of playing playing sports, which is um, it's not a pointless, useless activity. It's just a simulation of war, to to a greater or lesser extent, especially team sports. Um, even that's become madness. I mean, things like uh, in in American football, people just wear giant helmets, put their head down, and run like bulls at each other. The result is they get concussion and brain damage for most of the rest of their life. I mean, if they're not brain damaged before they do that, they're definitely brain damaged after. So it's sort of then the, the game doesn't become a game it just becomes survival you know how long can many years can I last before I permanently damage myself or I'm completely physically and mentally destroyed so um, yeah, there is some art in it yes that's that's true but um, it's a it's a it's a mistake it's a misfocus of our of our energy and our ideas and our and our time so um, but this confusing and, and unacceptable things are in every area of our outer lives you can you can look at any area Look, look, I've got a bookshelf <laughs> right yeah. over there on the other side of the camera. It's full of books that have been printed and published and written. And, you know, people have been paid to write them. People have been paid to print them. People have been paid to design them. Yeah, yeah. And I guarantee you that almost nobody ever bought any of those books except. How can that be economically viable in terms of time and energy? And shelves of books about theoretical and practical philosophies for, for, for teaching and sharing information. And, and, 
and it, it's everywhere. How can a new book be a bestseller? Surely it takes time to be a bestseller. It, how can a new film be a blockbuster of a hit? It, it, surely it needs time for people to to appreciate it and, and understand it. It's it, and, and every new, everything new breaks every old record that existed. They're always selling more copies of books. And more and more people are going to the films, and the films gross more and more money. And it, it's madness. It can't be true. Yes, it can be real true. It can't. It just can't be. It can't be true. And people are just so happy to involve themselves in it. As long as people get paid for it, they stop questioning it. And that's the problem of the relative comfort that leads to laziness, partly boredom, and then if you understand how everything works, just some kind of social alienation that takes place. The number of people that I've spoken to work for companies and they don't even know who owns the company they work for. They don't know who their boss's boss is. Or the boss's boss's boss. And the boss's boss doesn't know who their boss's boss is. And people just don't know. They don't know how far down the pyramid everything is. Or where the top of the pyramid is. Or um, even if it's a pyramid or not. They've just got they've got no idea um, and maybe it's okay not to have any bigger idea maybe maybe we haven't traveled as far as we think we've traveled from the from everybody living in caves maybe we need people to direct and organize society and choose which way for everyone to go and this is why this is what I was saying about this this this, this socialism that we live under it makes you it makes you want to go back into communism because at least under communism somebody made a decision and stuff happened but people just spent all the time arguing about everything and nothing ever gets done now yay well done democracy super um, now I know one of the elements of democracy is to get everybody arguing especially all the 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 MFs the bad people arguing with each other so that they all get caught up in this sticky web of politics and never managed to get anything done because they're all keeping an eye on each other and the worst thing that can happen is that they end up all working together and screwing society um, so it's a it's a mess basically it's a mess and the fact the fact that we got this far is a miracle the fact that human society actually progressed to this point, which is always not quite as far as we think it is. We are not quite as intelligent as we think we are. 
we haven't really solved as many problems as we think we've solved basically is uh it's it's maddening it's maddening it's like you when you come to an understanding of reality it's like you're standing at the sidelines of a game and you're watching everyone play the game but they're all playing the game to different rules and no one's explained to them that it's a game it's just madness it's like watching someone who's watching looking at reality is like watching someone who's playing tennis playing against someone who's playing rugby and they both think they're playing the same game. That, that that's what it's like. It's it's like standing at the side and watching ducks think that they're elephants or something. Ah, it's it's wild and and yeah. Let's give everyone a let's give everyone a vote. Even though we know most of the people are stupid. Let's give them all a vote so that they can decide on the future. I mean, what kind of idiocy is that? What kind of madness is that? At least in the late 19th century, people knew that only, a, only people with a certain level of education or a certain value of property could vote. Because only they knew what was happening. The average person couldn't vote because they were too stupid you know, how can someone, you know, sit at home playing video games like six hours a day and not, not have a job and not be out looking for a job, yet their vote is equal to some, I don't know, university professor who's, who works hard every day to, to, to further their knowledge in their subject. And I'm not saying that university professors are better, it's just a comparative example. So, But there are only other scenarios for same game these or these people can vote or cannot vote uh, it's only another scenario of this big game of this big madness it's again another trap when you divided people for those who can vote and for those who cannot who even vote. counts the votes how do you know that the votes are even counted correctly Nobody the principle the principle of voting the principle of democracy is madness this is absolutely not real something not real this is only a part of this game a part of this crazy system I mean to do no, to do nothing like there are people in society who do nothing and contribute nothing and they're not all at the bottom some are at the top as well they do nothing and they contribute nothing and their votes are of equal value to those who work hard to make changes oh because everyone needs a chance oh no it just we end up we, Look, all you need to do is take a couple of pop stars, a couple of rock stars, a couple of actors, give them a lot of money, tell them that, tell them that, tell, tell them to wherever they go to say that communism is fantastic and that we should all have a communist system and all join a political party and have a charismatic leader and everybody will vote for communism. That's all you need to do. 
Well, I'll give you two another examples. Sh sh yeah, yeah. Give me an, just just yeah. before you give your example, Che Guevara, right? Yeah. An alternative culture hero who was a mass murderer who believed in the overthrow of democracy. And, you know, just don't look at the populist concepts of Che Guevara. Go and look at what he actually did. Right? Yes, he was a revolutionary, but not in not in a good way. The results of <laughs> what he did. in a positive way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, Absolutely. So, anyway. And uh, you you know many, many these uh, these icons like Che Guevara. Uh, many, many winners are murderers. Murderers only. And, uh, well, they're, they're given to us, aren't they? William Church... Winston, William Winston. Winston Churchill. You know, the man who loved war. It was a great game for him. It just happened that society presented an opportunity for for him to to use that um, skill skill that he had, um, you know, it was kind of bad on both sides. Yes, he Winston Churchill is partly responsible for the fact that Britain still exists today, as as we know it. But um, but yeah, we're given these mad rulers. Because everything's backwards and everything's upside down and we study war and not peace. We study slavery and not freedom. We live in slavery and not freedom. We we have forgotten what what the freedom is. Nobody nobody now doesn't know what what the freedom is. But it's all there, it's all out there. It's, you know, it's a, Slavery, the Slavs, you know, where the, I mean, people, people don't even know that the Slavs and the slaves have a relationship, <laughs> right? They, they don't, they don't, they don't know that. They, they don't know their own history. They don't understand that relationship between election and selection. <laughs> they don't understand that a revolution is a circle. And that you always end up right back where you started. They don't understand that history repeats itself. So, um, oh, excuse me for the pause just for one second. And we're back magically where we left off, hopefully. Um, I was talking about revolutions, I think. That everything just goes back to the start. So, so the actual fact that humanity progresses anywhere—if it actually there's no argument for this, there's no progression. There's just different forms of illusion that exist. 
and slavery within those forms of illusion. But that's not a very positive way to look at the world. So I'm not sure that that's going to help us that much if we examine that that principle of reality. Um, but it's crazy. I mean, there are there are those who have studied history who point out these incredible anomalies. They here's one: the the Wright brothers, first plane flight, 1903. Yet, if you go back and look at old newspapers this is going to get me into trouble <laughs> if you go back and look at old newspapers pre-1900 you will find stories of similar events of flight happening it just was never no one was ever to able officially record it so we have this history that's the official history of events which doesn't mean that it was the first time. It's just the first recorded time. You go back to the... Th there were lots of people experimenting with radio. So, you know, who was the first person to do radio transmission? Was it, was it Marconi? Was it Tesla? Was it somebody else? We can't... Or, um, who was the uh, who was the guy working with broadcasting signals in Slovakia? Murgash. Murgash. Murgash was working on it as well, and that's just what we know about, right? How do we know that some mad guy in some little village in northern Siberia hadn't picked up some parts and put together some system of doing something <laughs> at that point in time? I mean, there are allegedly stories of fridges that were produced in the 19th century, but they couldn't find a market for them, so they stopped producing them. Because <laughs> if there's no market, then they don't make the stuff. So, there's, there's an insane amount of alternative information available in history for people who are prepared to look in that direction whether you're looking at ancient civilizations and looking at the factual geological and physical evidence presented by Robert Bouval and Graham Hancock or you're looking at the um, the the evidence produced by other people that's been collated like uh, in Oh my God! What's his name? Um, um, in the nineteen twenties and thirties, he collected all the data from the newspapers, and it's going to kill me. Mm -hmm. I never remember. We talked about it before. Yeah, yeah, we talked about um, him. He collected um, the something papers or the something files, or oh, it's going to bug me now. Um, you know, I'll just do. A, do a Google search for uh, um, oh, I can't remember. Do, do, do a Google search for collated information from newspapers about alternative histories, and it's it's full of stories about um, different geological and social events in history, and different ways in which they were um, 
reported and recorded and then when we look at history nobody ever talks about the single most important fact in any movement of anything in history which is uh, who paid for it <laughs> nobody nobody ever talks about that because the soldiers had to be paid by somebody the mercenaries had to be paid by somebody the revolutionaries had to be paid by somebody they weren't doing it because they loved killing they were doing it because they got paid for it and they could use the money to transfer to 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 transform their lives in some way so so it seems the most important question is who paid it yeah I'll follow the money is a trail down through history isn't it um, history books tell you what happened they sometimes even tell you who did it but they don't ever tell you who paid for it so that's a giant missing piece of the puzzle. Why does anyone do anything almost in the modern world? Because there's an element of finance involved in it. And I'm not talking about what everybody does. I know that there are people who who um, have gone beyond that and they're not motivated so much by the money but for everyone who's not motivated by the money somebody else will come along and be motivated by the money for everyone who's not gonna here here's 10 euro break this window for everyone that's got morality and is gonna say no there's someone who's gonna just throw a stone break the window pick up the 10 euro and walk away and say thank you very much so um that's one of the that's one of the key fundamental problems i mean people talk about elections nobody talks about who pays for them the advertising, nobody talks about who pays for what, nobody talks about the political endorsements, nobody talks about the uh, financial elements of lobbying. And, and people people with no money and no future and no life and no interest and no hobbies and no effect over anything outside of the room that they box themselves in actually think they decide the political future of their country. Oh my God. Is this, that's just dis a disconnect <laughs> yes it's it's one kind of disconnect the second kind of disconnect is this uh, very uh, educated and very silly people think that they are able to change the political system of this country through election this is, this is the same finally or people who produce nothing and think they provide value to society and that i'm specifically thinking of people in universities where i have i have two problems with that the first is which how many university teachers know how many of their students graduated and got a job in the area that they prepared them for. I don't think the university lecturers care what the students do as long as they find a job. So the whole point that they're teaching a subject is pointless. Pointless point. And I, I met a university lecturer last week. I asked him, what have you been doing recently? What's new? Oh, I just came back from Canada. I was in Canada for one month. Well, what did you do in Canada? Oh, I was looking at the systems. What do you mean looking at the system? What do you do? Watching ducks? You know? Are you watching clouds fly over it, looking at the... How the hell does that help anybody? 
So what you're saying basically is on the taxpayer's expense, you got a holiday for a month, basically. Well, you didn't really have to do anything. Oh, no, well, I had to, yeah, you, but you didn't really have to do anything, did you? I mean, it wasn't really taxing. You didn't sweat over it, you know. There was there was not much effort involved. On the, Oh, well, you did it. Don't be just words, 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 words. People think they produce words, they produce sense. They produce words, they produce reasons. It's just madness. So... And then, oh, what are you doing now? Oh, we're, we're supporting the teachers who are on strike. But wait, you work for the system. Yeah. Well, yes, I've been giving lectures on how to protest. The university lecturer has been traveling around the... A university lecturer in linguistics and phonetics has been traveling around the country lecturing other lecturers on how to protest. And then the government complains that the teachers are protesting when the very people who are working for the government are training the teachers to protest. Hello? Hello? Is there anybody there mm, at the no other end surprising of this? For this, us. this, this man, and they all think that what they're doing is useful and beneficial to the world. Ah, ah. Good. We are at point when or where we know many examples or very negative examples. So let's try to find one positive example of positive activity some people of some people really useful for for other people I don't know people who pick bananas very useful I yes. buy bananas people must pick them people mm -hmm. must transport them mm -hmm. um, mechanics mechanics people who fix my car when it breaks down um, shop assistants, people who help me find what I need when I go to the shop. Um, so you think that they are some useful people for other people? Well, if I said they weren't useful, then I wouldn't get my car fixed. <laughs> I'd never find anything in the shops. Mm -hmm. And uh, hmm. so, so you 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 have divided people to two groups: useless and useful. It does sound like that, doesn't it? It does actually sound like I've divided people into two groups. Yeah, but uh, I think it's not about it's not about people. It's about time. Because about time? If, yeah, because there are periods of time when people are useful, and there are periods of time when the same people are useless. Now, my example of this is myself. Right? There are periods of time during which I am constructive and creative and mm -hmm. progressive. And there are periods of time in which 
which I'm not. And the world is frustrating for people who are progressive because there are those with vision who can see how to improve things and make things better. And there are those with... I don't know what the opposite of vision is, but they don't have it. Um, and they... They can't see how changing anything would make anything any better. And I'm always fascinated by the invisible nature of reality, which is the fact that somebody who you've never met somewhere can do something, cause a chain reaction, and improve things in everybody's life, and nobody knows who that person is or will ever meet them. And what I'm thinking about is my heating system in my house. I have a fantastic heating system in my house. And it, it, it's a system with pellets. And somebody somewhere had this idea to create a completely different system which would be more practical and more economical for, for people to, to heat their homes with. And it doesn't work absolutely perfectly, but it's, it's brilliant. And I don't even know who that was. And somebody somewhere created that. And it's like, wow. And I, I don't know who that was. And people had to get trained and companies had to build the machines and somebody had to test it and somebody had to, had to create that, the idea in the back of their mind and, 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 and work on it, work on it, work on it and refine it and make it better and improve it. And the end result is that Hundreds of thousands of people's lives are improved by this. Even people can start up their own their own businesses, and and nobody knows who this person was or who these people were. Yes, this is a very good example. I, I'm I'm glad of hearing this example because uh, we think that we as as a people, we as a human beings, are the most developed beings on this planet or the, the 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 strongest beings on this planet and we need for example heating systems mm -hmm. look at look at animals <laughs> in wild nature they don't need any heating systems so yeah but so so, so called the bears sleep for 6 months <laughs> but not not animals sleep for 6 months uh but what what I what I want to say is that this uh, this system, as you described it, uh, the firm who uh, producing uh, central heating systems and some some uh, people who came with these new ideas. This is again typical, absolutely typical example of madness of this this reality of this system because we really don't need any central heating any heating system because we are able to set our genius body to live without any uh, problems with cold or with wet 
This is, I know this what is, you're trying is... to say. I can't help feeling it in the 1800s that a lot of people died and had diseases and sicknesses because they got cold or wet. <laughs> why, why normal people go to live to areas uh, where the temperature is very low? We have enough good places on the earth when where the temperature is very pleasant but this is only this is only another example of madness of this system you can you can say that we don't uh, uh, we don't uh, we, we cannot to choose the area of our living well I think when we ask the question about normal people, <laughs> normal people, it can only be answered by ourselves about ourselves. So you tell me why you are not living in Malta or on some other Mediterranean island or some other place on the coast of the Mediterranean or some other semi-subtropical reason if you like the sun so much. Because I'm, because I'm so stupid like other people who live here. Because I'm very lazy, I'm very comfortable, because I'm not willing to, to risk, I'm not willing to change uh, the essential uh, conditions of my life, because nothing is uh, because because my uh, lifestyle is very very good for me and uh, I'm not forced to change and or to do some some big change changes in my life and this is this is typical trap for almost all normal or almost all thinking people we we all are lazy we all are are very comfortable and we we are completely trapped in this madness in this system madness well that comes back to what I said about social changes, that in democracy, in the social democracy, we can get trapped into the slowing down of society where eventually nothing happens because everyone spends all the time arguing with each other. And any change requires pressure, which is the the social I think kind of Darwinists who have sort of hijacked most of the political world see themselves as change agents and apply those pressures onto society to, to move the world 
in a way that they see is forward, which I think is just the way for people in control to remain in control. I don't. I don't know. It's a. It's a bigger question of free will. It's a bigger question of how much of history is directly planned and organized and orchestrated, and how much of history is elements of of chances and and accidents, which is a bigger question i think that um which is the financial question it's the you know banks loaning to people for 40 50 loaning to countries for 100 years and expecting the money back i mean those are long-term plans um the average person doesn't get beyond tomorrow or next week with their plans and, and those plans are still pretty much the same and I, I think that if you're going to understand the way society society is it depends on the people who are around about you and, and in, in your environment and I think there are people who change the world for the better I think they're a minority of people but they are out there they are out there doing their own thing, working away, working hard, and getting, getting things done. Um, not that what they're doing isn't, isn't madness, because it, I think it takes a little bit of madness to, to, to push anything forward. Um, the problem is that we really don't know what is forward and what is really backward because all changes about we think that it was changes to forward really were changes to backward well I had an interesting thought about that this morning actually so this, this is quite relevant because we tend to think of movement as just going forward or going backwards. But there's something far more complex involved, which is that when you learn something, and that thing might not be exactly what you need to learn or want to learn, or you might learn the wrong thing, it's not just a process of going forward and backwards because mm -hmm. you can't you, you can't see it as a zero point because this, this problem that I had with a student was that I wanted to start from zero mm -hmm. but I couldn't because they already learned something which was wrong okay and so the very first thing that has to happen is we have to unlearn. <laughs> and that means that just going forwards or backwards is not a clear possibility because you cannot start from zero. I can't start with the student from zero the same way we can't start with society from zero. 
And I wonder if, here's a, because I see this on a personal level with the student, if the student must first unlearn what they've learned in order to go forward, how much of society must unlearn what society has learned in order to go forward? Mm. A very good question. And that's a that's a hard realization because it requires an understanding of a giant mistake. Giant mistakes. Or giant mistakes, yeah. And everything is there within the student's mind, but it's in such a mess that we have to go back to the beginning. And so it's not just a question of let's take this point where we're at and go forward. Sometimes you've got to unlearn what you've learned in order to develop things the right way. So it might be a scenario where we need as a society to take to take a few steps back or maybe that's not even the right term I, I don't know it's, it's just an observation I don't know what it means yet my point of view is that at at, at one one moment we understand that we are on the bad point that all things we know are not valid are not correct and we we will we will give up all this artificial knowledge and we will came back to our natural knowledge to their to our universal wisdom and it will be point of great change the point of like you said zero point we we need we need for to forget all crazy outer information from this shelters from books from television and we need to to get back to zero point it's it's only solution for this society to survive and many 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 ancient lost civilization suddenly died or suddenly Disclosure, disclosure, not disclosure, or movement. Suddenly vanished, oh. ended. Mm. Uh, suddenly disappeared. Okay. And uh, I'm persuaded that they got to this zero point and they understood immediately, suddenly, what is what is real, what is this zero point and 
they finished this uh, their existence on in in this crazy madness and they they were able to to go forward to higher level of existence it's a dangerous point though because you could have somebody sitting there who thinks pretty much the same as you but they think the solution is just to press a button and <laughs> put us back uh, to the it's storage. not a question Mm. Pressing button is is a question of reaching reaching a certain level of of wisdom, certain level of understanding, certain level of uh, uh, of real knowledge how this system works. And uh, it's a question of amount of people in this civilization who reach, who will reach this 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 level of understanding this reality. Well, the the system as the system is at the moment, it it fears the wild nature of people. The whole concept and design of the system is to tame the mm -hmm. animal mm -hmm. it is to to train and tame the animal so that the animal is predictable to study and understand the animal so that the animal is predictable and they look at the uh, you know, why do you think we have people studying behaviorism? It is all an attempt to understand and control the reactions and reflexes of 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 the wild nature. It's the wild nature that creates change. It's the wild nature that drives things forward. You know, we talked a little bit before about rabbits and wolves psychology. You know, the wolves are the the, the wild creatures that that are the adventurous types who you know, when you those who flew the first planes knew that they could die. <laughs> But they were prepared to do it because of their wild nature, and probably they were paid well for it. Maybe they weren't. Maybe some of them weren't at that point in time. Maybe they were just totally wild. Um, so it's a great and curious transformation. Here's one of the things that's always stuck in my mind, and as a way of understanding the change in the 20th century. Now, maybe this doesn't mean a lot to other people, but this, this was just something that, that, that registered in my mind. One of the most famous English footballers of the, I think it's pre-Second World War period. i got to go back and check this. I'm not exactly sure. Got to go and check the details, but 
was a man called Stanley Matthews. And with his pay from playing football, he bought a bicycle. That was the ultimate thing that he could afford. Mm. And this put him, you know, at the top tier of society. And look at how that's changed. I mean, that that's a wild example that I always try to keep in my mind when people say that a lot of things haven't changed. So I keep that in the back of my mind as a yeah, you're right. A lot of things just haven't changed at all. History repeats itself. Absol absolutely. And I'm guilty of that myself. If you pause for a second. And back again, right, for a little conclusion, which is that, <laughs> is that my, my cable is stuck. And there we go. That's what happens when people keep interrupting meetings. Um, so when people say that things haven't changed a lot, I, I, I get it, and I'm, I'm, I see the things that haven't changed. And yet, at the same time, we see what we want to see. And if I take the time and energy to focus on looking at things that have changed, I, I, I can find them as well. So, so there's, there's, I always end up repeating the same thing which is th this amazing thing that I got from working with the students at the end of last year, which was we get what we want. We see what we want. We learn what we want. We find what we want to find. We find what we're looking for. And, and so I just keep that idea of the, what the football player had at that point in time and what we have in the world now and the difference of the transitions between those two things, which is an incredibly short period of time if you go, f say, 50 years, right? To go from someone being excellent at what they do and not really having much to the absolute technological advancements of what we have today and the fact that hundreds of thousands of people can successfully live a life in society um, from the same activity. There, there are some changes there and so that's what we're going to think about and as we were working and talking today I made some notes about um, various different things and I think the title is going to be Madness and Movements but the conclusion is that the world opens the door for us now and we are on the at the beginning of unbelievable opportunities how to reach anything what we want and this is something very new this is something very new in our present it it wasn't it hasn't been ever before, I think, I feel it. And people can use that 
as a ladder to the future or they can use that as a cliff to jump off it depends on everyone yeah it depends on and it depends on people and the people that they surround themselves with it's, it's necessary to, to to look at that as well i think we'll look at that in the in the future discussion but there there's great opportunity i think the important question to look at in the future is how do you use that how do you channel that how do you energize the opportunities and that's something for us okay. to think about time to stop